Welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast with Mel and Bree. I'm Mel. And I'm Bree. And we're two moms on a mission to educate and empower others to take charge of their health by ditching the all or nothing mentality, leading by example, and living life without deprivation. Making improvements to your health doesn't have to be hard. And we want you to have the tools to teach your family that you can be healthy and enjoy life. Well, hello. Hey there. How's it going? It is going. How are you? I'm yeah, doing okay. Yeah. yeah. Another gorgeous day in the neighborhood. What can I say? Yeah, I actually got out and went for a walk this evening. To, wow. it, it was hot, but it wasn't too bad. It felt good just to get out. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I agree with you there. Yes, yes. I so desperately need the children to go back to school, but we're just not quite there yet. So I know, I know. Well, so are you keeping them the whole year or just, you guys get to do it by semester, right? We get to do it by nine week increments. Um, so we, we opted last week, we changed our minds and decided to keep them home for the first nine weeks. So, yeah, see, we we didn't get like a nine week option. It was either you're doing it or you're not. Oh, wow. Yeah. At least to my, to my knowledge. <laughs> oh, wow. So, but I mean, we already knew we were doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was something we had already decided that we were doing it and, and we'll see how it goes from there. Well, tomorrow, my oldest, he has his, um, the ramp up day uh-huh you know where they can go yep. in person the one day so he's got his tomorrow so the teacher sends an email today just you know kind of clarifying like things they need to have with them what's going to happen mm-hmm. and she was addressing the issues of masks well he's mm-hmm. in second grade so they're not required to wear masks at all times Mm-hmm. They just have to wear them in common areas. The rest of the time, they don't have to wear them. Whereas, you know, third grade and up, you have to wear them all the time. Right. So they said, you know, you as a family can decide whether or not you want it to be worn. But just to let you know that if someone in the class tests positive for COVID, whoever was not wearing a mask will be required to quarantine for 14 days. And I'm like, are you, I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'm not really sure how them wearing a mask is. Uh, anyways, I'm not going to go into that, but I, yeah, I do. There's, how about we just suffice it to say there is no rhyme or reason that it would be different if it were, this is how it's being done across the boards nationwide, but it's not. Um, yeah, it. So I, I told I told my son I was like, okay, I this is going to be your decision. It is up to you. If you want to wear it in the classroom or not. Mm-hmm. But just to let you know that if you don't wear it in the classroom and someone in your class tests positive, then you'll be required to be at home for two weeks. He said, no, mommy, I'll wear the, cla- I'll, I'll wear the mask. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, it is your decision. I'm leaving that one. He is very intelligent, capable, um, young boy. So I was like, that, that is up to you. And he said, no, mommy, I'll, I'll wear the mask. I'm like, okay. Mm. But I feel like that decision was kind of already made for him because right? of the fact that he even if it's not something that's sitting next to him, if it's anybody in the classroom tests positive, but he's not wearing a mask, then he's just assumed to have caught it. So. I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but anyway, so he's excited about going back. He yeah missed his friends, and he just he needs to. He's a social butterfly like his mommy, and he just needs to be out amongst the people so he's he's super excited about that his brother is gonna miss him like crazy though um my younger son keeps asking me he's like mommy when do i get to go to school i'm like your school doesn't start for 
another week and a half. So <laughs> I know, but he's, he's next year he'll be in kindergarten. He gets to ride the bus with brother and he's so excited about that. Oh, how fun. How fun. So, and then I'll only have one left in, in uh, preschool. <laughs> the end is near. I know. I know. Right. So, <laughs> so how was your week weekend? It was good. It was nice. It, it was, um, the weather was a little crazy on Friday, yes. so I was a little a little nervous about that. And um, we had a, as you know, we had a little get together for yes. my husband completing his degree. So that was super so exciting. Fun. So fun. And I tell you what, we um, we got on the big inflatable water slide before everybody got there. <laughs> yeah, I am still so sore. Oh my <laughs> gosh, like, my abs hurt so bad. I'm like what? Why? Well, I, I don't understand. I, I'm just old. What were you was, guys doing? <laughs> I don't know. Just on the doing the dang slip and slide thing. And it's inflatable, so it's not like we're hitting the ground. Um, But, oh, my gosh, that thing was so much fun. I'm so glad they set it up early so we got to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. It was good. It well, was good. Well, it looked like a blast. Yeah, it was. Your kids would have loved it, but they probably wouldn't have got off either. So. No, no, they wouldn't have. And then I yeah. would have had to go after them, and then I would have been sore. And right. then I would have been cursing your name. Right. So. right. Well, <laughs> probably not the first time, so, you know. So I know it was good, and then we were completely useless. We had um, just a couple friends stay over until, like, oh, my gosh, 1 o'clock that oh. morning. We were so useless all day yesterday. It's like, oh, we, and we, we didn't really drink much either. Like hardly at all. I, I poured that drink with you uh-huh. and that was probably the last thing I had. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we just can't hang anymore. We were completely useless. It was pathetic. Well, all I needed was that one drink and I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> you, that was all way. you, that was all you. I know. I didn't realize it was like pouring water, and then I realized it was vodka, and I was like, "Oh, I know it kind of sneaks up on you." Thing. No, no, it's not. Looks like it. it tells Doesn't you the last time I drank, right? <laughs> That's funny. The last time you were here, and I made you a horrible drink. Probably, probably. <laughs> well, in all in all actuality, that wasn't your fault. There was there was something that we added to it that oh, maybe it was your fault. Mm. I think it was. I'll take responsibility for that one. It was my fault. Yeah. Well, it wasn't your fault. (laughs) It's fine. Your fault, but I think it was just I didn't realize what the the mixer was. Oh yeah, it was super strong too. Yeah. It was that tequila. It was that like margarita ish tequila stuff. But Uh, then what did we mix with it? The lemonade that. Yeah, I don't recommend stuff. I don't recommend that at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Anyway, and that's why you were never a bartender. Exactly. I never claimed to be. Have no desire. No, thank you. Good times. Good times. <laughs> oh, it was. It was good. It was good. How was the rest of your weekend? Um. Well, I got home at nine o'clock, and I was worthless. Um. <laughs> or maybe it was ten. I can't remember. It was like nine thirty or so. But yeah, I was done just it well we had been out in the sun all day because it was my yeah. nephew's birthday we had a pool party and I had to be up at the butt crack of dawn because I had clients Saturday morning and oh I was that's a long my, day yeah I was working on my book Friday night and then so I didn't get to bed until late and then yeah I was just done and then yesterday I worked on my book some more and then we had to do um our Costco trip and then my son I had been promising him to go to the grocery store to get some he wanted me to make him some snacks for school starting this week mm-hmm. so um yeah and so that's I feel like we should we should have a moment of silence for our 20s and before kids when we could <laughs> right hang all weekend long and then just start back at work you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed Monday morning and go again like oh my gosh I don't know how I used to do that it's funny because somebody had posted uh something about like it's like these mobile tiki bars have you seen that no it's a motorized tiki bar 
Oh my like, goodness. It's actually like this octagon shape where it has the tiki bar on it and a bartender and people and stools to sit around. And it's motorized. Oh, was right that on, on the lake? lake? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen that. And I had been wanting to do that for a while. And I was like, oh, maybe for my birthday. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I would pass out like 30 minutes into it. <laughs> I'd be so flipping exhausted. <laughs> I'm like, there's no oh. way I could hang. And I was like, maybe, I don't know, maybe three kids ago. and Right. But, <laughs> yeah, there's no way, but it would be so, or I'd fall off the back of it, you know. Yeah, well, that's all right. And it wouldn't be because I'm drunk. It would just right. be because I'm not clumsy. Right. Yeah. Same. <laughs> so I was like, oh, but... yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe in my 40s, I'll be more um, alert and adventurous. You get in like my a 30s, not so okay. much. You get like a second wind in your 40s. I hope so. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if I don't, I'm in trouble. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, I only got one like one more year left. Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be oh my gosh, I'm gonna be thirty nine this week. <laughs> like It is this week. That's yeah, right. It's on Sunday. Um right. So I only have one more year left in my thirties. So oh, I know. I need to um, get that win back. I know. I'm right there with you. I'm like, ugh. I think I'm just going to stay. I'm yeah. just going to stay at 39. I'm good. I'm yeah. Good. What is it? Um, A friend of mine celebrates the, the, what is it? The anniversary, anniversary? of her 18th birthday. Every oh. Year. Oh, that's yeah. ambitious. Okay. Yeah. Like the 25th anniversary. Today oh. is the 25th anniversary of my 18th birthday. Oh my gosh. That's funny. I'm like, well, way to keep yourself young, I guess. Right. I'd at least go for 21, so I'm legal. Right? <laughs> well, in some countries, that's legal. This is true. This it is depends true. on, you know, if you want to stay here or not. That's true. That's funny. So, anywho. Anywho. All right. So, tonight, we are going to talk about an interesting topic that's been popping up a lot. And we've actually brought it up in a couple of past podcasts. But I've just been hearing this term so much lately, and so I really wanted to talk about it because uh, I'm sure a lot of people are confused about it. Um, so we're going to be talking about intuitive eating, and we're going to do mm. things a little bit differently tonight, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more as we get into it. But um, intuitive eating, it's actually been around since the 90s. It uh, came about in about 1995. Um, from two diet, it was created by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli, Triboli and Elias, and I'm totally gonna botch this name, Resch. Um, so they could see the need, they, they could see what diet culture was doing, um, to the average person. So mm -hmm. they developed what is called intuitive eating which is basically, um, it's like a self-care eating framework. It, it integrates instinct and emotion and irrational, irrational, not irrational, and rational thought. So basically, it's more getting in touch with your inner self to know when you're hungry, when you need, or when you're full, um, having um, an internal, what's the word? I'm looking for, um, detector, an internal mm -hmm. detector. Mm -hmm. Um, so the process of intuitive eating, it's a practice which honors both physical and mental health. So there's a whole mental health aspect that goes along with it. It's not, it is not a diet in any way. It's actually quite the opposite. It's really fights against diets or a fad diet or diet culture mm -hmm. um so it's and there's 10 principles that make up intuitive eating and we're actually going to what i'm going to do is i'm actually looking at the intuitive eating website so if you go to intuitiveeating.org this is the main site for intuitive eating this is what intuitive eating was 
built off of. There's 10 principles and we're going to go through each of those 10 principles and you and I are going to discuss how we feel about them based on, you know, what we know. Um, you know, have we worked with our clients in the past? And, and also I do want to bring up, so I think I brought it up in a podcast a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to remember, but um, Jillian Michaels, mm-hmm. everybody knows who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a celebrity coach. Biggest loser is what she's mostly known for. She actually um, gave her opinion on intuitive eating on her Instagram page. Oh, she got put on blast for that too. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And I understand. Now, I do agree with her on a couple of minor things, but her, a lot of the things she said, I, I was like, uh-uh, nope, mm-mm. like you, yeah, I, she, she was, she was rightfully blasted in what she said. Um, one of the things being that people should be eating, should not be eating more than 12 to 1600 calories. Or maybe it's 1,400, 12 to 1,600. Um, and that you can't be healthy at a size 16. Um, so a lot of little things that she said that she got throwback for, um, I do believe that she should have. But then there was some stuff where I was like, no, I mean, I get where she's coming from. So we're mm-hmm. going to, anyways, we're going to go through these these principles I'll read what it is and I'll read off the definition then you and I can talk about it okay so principle number one reject the diet mentality so it says throughout the diet books in magazine articles that offer you the false hope of losing weight quickly easily and permanently get hungry or get angry at diet culture that promotes weight loss and lies that have led you to feel as if you were a failure every time a new diet stopped working and you gain back all of the weight. Mm-hmm. If you allow even one small hope to linger that a new and better diet or food plan might be lurking around the corner, it will prevent you from being free to rediscover intuitive eating. Okay. So what are your thoughts on that one? I, I agree with rejecting the diet mentality. Yes. And I do too. I, I, I actually completely agree with this statement Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, there is a false hope that is put there when you do one of these fad diets, Mm -hmm. because inevitably at some point, you're not going to be able to stick with it. Right. And you're going to fail and you're going to beat yourself up and it's going to make it hard for you to move on because diets these fat diets are all about restrictions, right? Taking all the weight away, all the things. It doesn't teach you how to function in the normal day to day. Right. It only teaches you how to function within that diet. Mm -hmm. All right. So next one is honor your hunger. Okay. Keep your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbohydrates. Otherwise you can trigger a primal drive to overeat. Once you reach the moment of excess hunger, all intentions of moderate conscious eating are fleeting and irrelevant. Learning to honor this first biological signal sets the stage for rebuilding trust in yourself and in food. So, I mean, basically it's saying, you know, honor your hunger. Like, you know, but so here's my and yes, I agree with it. You should honor your hunger. But so many people have been dulled over the years. They can't tell the difference between whether they're hungry or whether they're bored. Right. So this one kind of gets me a little bit. Because how can you honor it when you don't know if it's valid? Right. And then you're eating when you're bored and then you're confusing yourself even more. I don't know. That's my opinion. What's your thoughts? Yeah. Um, without getting into one of the other ones that you are going to talk about with your fullness, you have to learn to honor and understand both of them. Your, Mm -hmm. your hunger and your fullness, they go hand in hand. Um, 
this is something that I work on a lot with my health coaching clients because so many of us are out of tune with what our body is actually telling us already. Or we're really good at thinking we know better, even though, oh, we've got a headache, we're not sleeping well, and really we just need some water. But we're like, no, we just need another energy drink, or we need more coffee, or we need to, you know, go grab a candy bar, we need that quick fix. Um, so it's really about tuning into just your own intuition, mm-hmm. or not not intuition, into what your body is already telling you. Um but that goes a lot deeper than just, like you said, it goes a lot deeper. I'm hungry or bored. Well, no, we really need to dig into that and figure out, okay, why are you choosing to go for food for this? Right. Or what triggered this event? Why are you standing in your pantry? Or why are you binging on this? Or why are you not eating? So it's, it's a lot more than just, oh, I'm hungry or I'm full. Mm-hmm. I don't know. that I did not explain that very well. I no, apologize. no, no. I got, I got what you're saying. And. So some of the registered dietitians I follow, they, that do actually do intuitive eating or study intuitive eating, um, they are against if someone thinks they're hungry to drink a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Where me, I'm like, but if someone doesn't really know if they're hungry, that's a good way I'm not saying that you should starve yourself. And if you are really hungry to drink that water so you don't eat more, I'm saying drink that water to figure out if you're really full or, I mean, if you're really hungry or not, Mm -hmm. because if you are actually hungry, your that water is not going to do much for you. Right. Um, so, but again, it just there, I think that's where the fine line is like, okay. Um, Because I do like a lot of the intuitive eating principles, but at the same time, there's some people that are so numb to what their body needs, truly needs, that it makes it hard for some of these principles to um, work well. Right. Okay. So moving on, make peace with food. So call a truce, stop the food fight, give yourself unconditional permission to eat. If you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, it can lead to intense feelings of deprivation that build into uncontrollable cravings and often binging. When you finally give into your forbidden foods, eating will be experienced with such intensity, it usually results in last supper overeating and overwhelming guilt. So this is one of the ones that Jillian Michaels got a lot of heat from because of the sentence, give yourself unconditional permission to eat. So she did not agree with that. And I kind of understood what she meant. Like, no, you shouldn't just let yourself, you need to practice some self-control. Yeah. I mean, and, and I can see how that can be taken out of context yes. very easily because yes. you know me, I preach no deprivation. However... Yes if you have no sense of what a, you know, healthy meal looks like, if you do have a poor relationship with food, if you cannot control yourself or just have the cookie or whatever in moderation, that's probably not a good route for you then mm-hmm. because that's just going to lead to justification. Well, no, I'm happy with it. I can do whatever I want. Okay. But eating like an asshole isn't going to help you. <laughs> it's true. You know? Yeah. So, it's a very fine line. Yes. And you know, like where it says, if you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, well, I don't think you should completely deprive yourself of foods all the time, but you do, you should show yourself some self-control. Cause if you're right. like, Oh, I'm just going to eat a hamburger whenever I feel like it. Okay. But if you are suffering, if you're on the verge of a heart attack, and you're eating like crap the majority of the time. Right. Is that really something you should be doing? Should you really be giving right. into those cravings? Shouldn't you? And I'm not saying don't eat anything, but maybe you should find a healthier alternative, you know, to replace yeah. it, you know, that, the majority of the time. That's where it gets tricky in the beginning. Yeah. And I, and, and I'll take some responsibility for that too, because I do teach, you know, teach and preach moderation and, If you want the cookie, eat the cookie and all that jazz. However, you know, if you're 300 something pounds and you're just beginning, um, beginning down the path to try to 
improve the quality of your, your life and your health and all that and lose weight, giving in, so to speak, to those temptations or those fun foods constantly is not doing you any favors. That's what got you where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So further justifying it by saying, oh, you know, nothing's off limits. I can do this. Okay. This sounds, obviously that doesn't work for you or -hmm. you wouldn't be in the position you're in, right? Mm -hmm. If you could just enjoy in moderation, you wouldn't be three or 400 pounds. So clearly that is a, that is an issue for you. And again, it's just about getting in tune with why you do the things you do, why you default to the patterns you do, or, you know, why you default to the pantry or binge eating or whatever it is. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to get over that. You're never going to get control over those habits. Yeah. Um, hopefully that made some sort of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it totally did. Um, so, I mean, I, of course, I agree with you on that statement as well. Like you just, there's a fine line and you have to know where to cross it. And that's where it's so individualized. Mm-hmm. Do I think... I think intuitive eating is a great way um, to work with people. And I try to use it when possible with my clients. Mm -hmm. But again, it's very individual and you have to know when is the appropriate time to introduce something like that. Yeah. Because if they're not in the right right frame of mind, you receive this information, it's not going to do a dang bit of good. Right. And they could have been so numbed over time from diet culture, because this is what started intuitive eating is, you know, the diet culture, um, all of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Negative, negative, negativity from diet culture caused the need for intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but people have been so used to that and learned so many poor habits from that. You can't just flip a switch and be like, all right, we're all going to be intuitive eaters now. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) Unfortunately. All right. So next one, challenge the food police. Scream Mm. a loud no to thoughts in your head that declare you're good for eating minimal calories or bad because you ate a piece of chocolate cake. The food Mm. police monitor the unreasonable rules that diet culture has created. The police station is housed deep in your psyche and it's a loudspeaker shouts negative barbs, hopeless phrases, and guilt provoking incidents. Chasing Mm. the food police away is a critical step in returning to intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) again, this is something that takes time mm-hmm. that you have, it's not just a switch that you can flip. It's something that you can work towards, but this like intuitive eating process is like the very first step in my mind that I think of when working with a client towards something like this is that they have to know and understand patience. And I think that's where most people fall short. Mm-hmm. they have to really want it for their health oh, yeah. and not for the aesthetics. They have to not care about losing weight or not make that a primary focus. Mm-hmm. It, and it's hard because why do people all of a sudden decide that they want to go on a diet? Right. Because they want to lose weight. It's rarely because they're like, Oh, I want to be healthier. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Just saying most people are like, oh, well, I want to look better in my clothes or I want to feel better in my own skin because, right. you know, I, I'm so many pounds overweight. Right. So, you know, when you talk about the psyche and. Um, that, that takes work. So it takes mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. So, well, it doesn't necessarily take years, but. It can. You, it, it absolutely can. And you have to process through years of this conditioning. Mm-hmm. in your mind um and let's face it most of us have a really hard time with that yeah I mean, most that of us, inner critic right so i was talking with um my um i was talking with my mother-in-law earlier today 
And she was telling me about this new diet that she's wanting to start. And um, I'm like, okay. And it's not one that I was familiar with. But I'm like, okay. And she's like, it, it basically, it, it hits all the food groups. It tells you what, it gives you an idea of what you should be eating as far as like, you want to have, you know, so much carbs, so much protein, so much fat. Um, and it gives you examples of how to do that. But you're p- pretty free in how you want to structure it as long as you're getting about the right macros. And then she said, yeah, it's only, a, and she said, and um, it's uh, 1,300 calories. And no. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm like, it's what? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a 13, it's about 1,300 calories. And I'm like, uh, and she thought that was a good thing. And I'm like, no, you need more calories. But as you know, because of diet culture and all Mm -hmm. we've been told over the years, um, we think minimal calories is a good thing. Yep. Which is what, which is what intuitive eating is talking about in challenging the food police, where it's saying, declare you're good for eating minimal calories and bad because you ate a piece of chocolate cake. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, where actually, you know, eating minimal calories is going to harm you more than help you. Right. But that's, that's what we've been told for so many years. Mm-hmm. And it just won't die. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Which I'm starting to see a turn. I'm really, I, I'm really seeing a lot more awareness. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, this like intuitive eating movement. I'm not saying it's all from that, but I think it's creating a lot more awareness. Yeah. Makes me really happy. (laughs) Um, All right. Next one, discover the status, the satisfaction factor. That was a mouthful right there. Okay. (laughs) The Japanese have the wisdom to keep pleasure as one of their goals of healthy living. In our compulsion to comply with diet culture, we often overlook one of the most basic gifts of existence, the pleasure and satisfaction that can be found in an eating experience. Mm-hmm. When you eat what you really want in an environment that is inviting, the pleasure you derive will be powerful force in helping you feel satisfied and content. By providing this experience for yourself, you will find that it takes just the right amount of food for you to decide you've had enough. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree with that. I mean, how many times have you told your clients? I know I tell my clients this all the time. When you eat your meals, eat them distraction free. Mm-hmm. Eat them not in front of a TV, not in front of a laptop. And just enjoy the flavors that you're tasting. Like try to pick out. Like, did you ever see Ratatouille? Uh, parts of it. It's been a long time though. Okay. So there's this one part where, um, the main character mouse, him and his brother, they're sitting there and, and they find a piece of cheese and he like puts it in his mouth and he's like fantasizing about all the flavors Mm. he's tasting. Yeah. Like it's smoky and it's this, that is what we should be doing with food. It's yep. just really like honing in and trying to pull apart all those flavors that mm-hmm. we're getting. The seasonings, the textures yes. that, yep. Yes. Yep. So, and when we do that, when we slow down with our food and we enjoy it, we can then become more in tune with our bodies and figure out, recognize when we're actually full. Right, exactly. You know, and we're going to be satisfied. We're not going to be, like, how many times have you, like, ever had a meal, like, maybe it was a burger, and you stopped at your favorite burger joint, but you were, like, starving, and you just went right through it, and you're like, I don't even, I didn't even really get to taste it. Yep. Yep. You and know? That's, that's something that, one of the first things I work on with my clients, when we don't slow down and actually chew our food, we're not giving our, uh, the saliva 
time to do its job and help start to break things down so that when it gets to our tummy that we can actually assimilate the nutrients that we're eating. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we're speed racing through our meals, our, our brain and stomach doesn't have time to connect and say, Hey, I'm getting full. You can slow down now. Mm-hmm. And that's why we end up eating too much. And then we feel like a busted can of biscuits. And then we're often hungry shortly thereafter too, because you, you didn't allow your body to do what it's supposed to do and properly digest the nutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd be surprised how well you wouldn't be, but how many clients, when I tell them, you know, no distractions, no TV, no phone, no nothing. And they say, well, what am I supposed to do? Enjoy your food. (laughs) Supposed to sit there and eat, you know, like we did when we were kids in the eighties growing up, we sat at the dinner table and we ate our food. Uh Um, And, and I'm not immune to this either. So it's just the way our, it's socially acceptable now. That's the norm. We're so busy, busy, busy and have a phone attached to our hand or a screen in front of our face. We forgot what it down and enjoy our company and just eat. Yeah. It's a lost art. And, and you know what, you may, I mean, you may be guilty of it too, but at least you are at the point where you can recognize mm-hmm. whether you're full. I mean, yeah, I, like I, I mean, a lot of the times when we're, so we have like, we try to avoid any electronics at the dinner table. Um, mm-hmm. There is some times where we get busy and the kids are watching their iPad or I'm on my phone for work or something like that. But we really just try to avoid that around dinner time. Dinner mm-hmm. time is meant for That's conversating awesome. and for, you know, enjoying our food. Right. Um, but I I know when I'm full. Like, I rarely ever eat to the point where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I ate so much. Actually, I can't right. remember the last time I did that. Yeah, same. So, um, it's not. And, you know. Go ahead. The other thing about slowing down when you're eating is you'd be amazed at how many people have lessened or completely cleared up their heartburn and indigestion issues and gotten off medication and had improvements with IBS and other similar issues by simply slowing down when they eat. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is insane. Yeah. Um. All right, which takes us into the next one, which you kind of touched on earlier. Uh, feel your fullness. Mm-hmm. In order to honor your fullness, you need to trust that you will give yourself the foods that you desire. Listen mm-hmm. for the body signals that tell you that you are no longer hungry. Observe the mm-hmm. signs that show that you're comfortably full. Pause in the middle of eating and ask yourself how the food tastes and what your current hunger level is. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I agree with that. You should take the time to pause. But this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If you have numbed those signals, like you don't know what you're, you cannot distinct between I'm hungry about a cue and I'm bored or I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just eating because this tastes good. Then how are you, how are you able to do this part? Right. You can't. No, you can't. And so that's something that's going to have to take time. And Mm -hmm. you may have to find other things that work for you. Um, Right. Like, I know that intuitive eating um, professionals are really against counting calories, which I understand Mm -hmm. their idea behind it. Um, You know, it's putting that negative relationship, like you're, you're, you're becoming fixated on a number. And yes, well, I agree it would for someone with a severe eating disorder at the same time, people that have no idea how many calories they're eating. I think calorie counting at that point is very helpful because what if they're not eating enough? What if they're mm-hmm. not, what if they're eating too much and they didn't realize it? Mm-hmm. You know, and what if they have no idea what a serving is or like what 700 calories looks like and they're eating mm-hmm. 700 calories for breakfast, but yet they, their metabolism only allows 1800 in order for them to be in a caloric deficit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, intuitive eating acts as if 
they basically take calories out of the equation. Right. They don't focus on the calorie number. And until you get to the point where you can adequately intuitively eat, I feel like that's something that is necessary for a lot of people, in my opinion. Yeah, I I can see both sides for sure. Like you, I think it's a very valuable tool. I feel like almost everybody should do it at some point just so they have an idea of... Yeah, just just for awareness. Not to fixate on it. I don't think you should fixate on it and like obsess over hitting that. But I think you need to have an idea of what you're taking in and around what you should be doing to align with your goals. And I think the one of the reasons they don't fix on it is because they don't do it for weight loss. They mm-hmm. do it to create a better mental relationship with food. Right. I mean, let's face it. If you're somebody who's listening and you don't have a weight concern, um, you know, if your energy levels are good, like every you're healthy and all that, then this doesn't apply to you. <laughs> um, you probably don't need to count your calories. There's no reason to, if you're, if you're in good shape and healthy and can do all the things you want to do and sleep well, and your blood works great, then don't stress about it. It, it doesn't apply. Um, but otherwise I, yeah, I, for, for people looking to, lose weight at least I definitely recommend becoming aware of your caloric intake mm-hmm. j- just for learning purposes all right so next up come um not come cope with your emotions with kindness first recognize that food restriction both physically and mentally can in and off or I'm sorry can in and of itself trigger loss of control, which can feel like emotional eating. Find kind ways to comfort, nurture, distract, and resolve your issues. Anxiety, loneliness, boredom, and anger are emotions we all experience throughout life. Each has its own trigger and each has its own appeasement. Food won't fix any of these feelings. It may comfort for the short term, distract from the pain, or even numb you. But food won't solve the problem. If anything, eating for an emotional hunger may only make you feel worse in the long run. You'll ultimately have to deal with the source of the emotion. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Although sometimes, I'm just saying, some chocolate cake can really... No, (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. Um, My... You can ask any one of my clients. They have heard me tell them over and over again. I am the person who is standing in the pantry the second I get frustrated or pissed off or I've got to deal with emotional stuff. My go-to defense mechanism or coping strategy is food. Mm -hmm. It's taken me years to realize that. And now I know what to do, of course. But like you said, it it doesn't fix it. Mm -mm. It provides comfort in that moment but then you have that whole guilt guilt shame cycle after that but i think it provides comfort because it's something usually when we're going it's through, distracting well it's distracting but it's something we can control mm-hmm. like it's you know what i want that i'm gonna have it um, i'm gonna eat that whole bag yeah because i because i can i, can I deserve do. it yeah i can yep and so you know usually when we're going through an emotional situation um it's something that we can't control. And so we mm-hmm. need to shift that to something yep. that brings us enjoyment, something that we can control. So yep. um, we need to find other ways to nourish what is really going on. That's another thing that takes a long time. It, and it you're having to retrain your brain on that yep. one, like seriously. Yep. To create new habits. Mm-hmm. And it does not come easily no it doesn't so it's something that takes work um and that's very very much mental Mm -hmm. um it's not no diet can fix that no and it's this is something I work closely with my clients on too because we put all these parameters in place and things to try Mm -hmm. you know um and some of them get really frustrated they're like I know I had you know these three things I was going to try and none of them worked. That's okay. We're, you know, the first step is just creating that awareness Mm -hmm. 
And it's like, I know I'm pissed off and I know I'm going to, you know, eat the Cheetos right now or whatever. Okay. But that's still a step in the right direction because before you didn't even realize those two things were tied together. Right. Like this is, this is a habit that you've created and it's last been going on for years. It's going to take a while to undo that Mm -hmm. and, and to put something in place that serves you better. So don't beat yourself up if you're trying to unlearn something you've been doing for the past, you know, five, 10, 15 years of your life. Yeah. Well, and I, I actually had a client earlier today, her uncle passed away and she, I mean, she was just really starting to find herself on our program. Like she was really, she started eating breakfast, which really helped her, um, her do a lot better with her nutrition. She was starting to feel grass. Well, then her uncle passed away and Mm. it kind of threw everything off. And I told her, I said, remember in the beginning when we talked and I said, expect setbacks. I said, this is one of those setbacks and you have, it's out of your control. You just have to go with the flow. So this week we don't even focus on the things we focused on last week. We're not focusing on nutrition. All I want you to do is take time to deal with what you're dealing and get up and go for a walk every day. Like 15, 20 minutes, just get outside. Don't run. Don't get your heart rate up. Just go outside, breathe the fresh air. That is all I want you to focus on this week. And then if you feel like doing the other things because you feel like you're ready, then that's a bonus. yeah, Yeah. And then we can go back and revisit that. But this is your time that you're allowing yourself to grieve and mm-hmm. to get back. Because if you push yourself to do those things that you were doing last week that are still very new to you, you are going to be miserable and it's going to make it even harder for you to get to where you need to be. Because yeah. you just should have spent that time grieving and just letting yourself, you know, go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had something similar with a client recently who um, had to take our child off to school and it was, and then there were some other issues going on. And I was like, you know what, this week, we're just focusing on you spending that time with your daughter and, you know, y'all getting through this, however you need to get through it, whatever that looks like for you. Um, now is not the time to stress about that other stuff. Mm-hmm. It, we'll come back to that. You know, yeah. you, you have to be emotionally in it as well absolutely absolutely all right right. so Mm -hmm. moving on respect your body accept your genetic blueprint just as a person with a shoe size of eight would not expect to realistically squeeze into a size six it is equally futile and uncomfortable to have a similar expectation about body size but mostly respect your body so you can feel better about who you are It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you are unrealistic and overly critical of your body size shape. Um, All bodies deserve dignity. Mm. And I think this is another one that Jillian Michaels got flack on too. And I think that's where the comment, the size 16 came up. Um, But the, the realist, the reality of it is some people can be healthy at bigger sizes. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to be like, you know, models like, you know, those skinny models? No, but those models aren't healthy either. Right. You know, they're just the opposite. Um, or I can't say they're not all healthy, but some of them are not healthy. Um, and if you're naturally a big boned, um, what's a nice way of saying this? thicker thicker is not the right word but like if you're just naturally broader bigger frame Mm -hmm. bigger frame yeah if your frame is broader you're not i mean you would have to kill yourself starve yourself work out in the gym to maybe get down to that smaller size but is it even worth it because at that point you're even more unhealthy than if you were just to eat like you were mm-hmm. so Agreed. I agree that you should respect your body and the genetic um, makeup it was given you may not right. like it but you do the best with what you got yep 
you know, there's things about my body I would definitely change, but I can't change them because that's what I was born with. So I right. just do the best with what I got. I, right. my other better areas, those are the areas that I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on those as my positive. Right. And then I'm just going to kind of ignore these other areas as long as I'm staying healthy. Like I'm doing what right. I need to for my health. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And that's a big mental shift too. And I can assure you, I know there's somebody who's listening. who's probably like, yeah, well, you know, you just don't get it. You're not, you're not bigger. You haven't had to struggle. You're right. Me personally, I haven't had a huge weight struggle, but that doesn't mean I don't struggle. Yeah. I don't care what size you are. If you see, you know, the Victoria's Secret model or fitness cover magazine, I guarantee you that girl's got problems that you don't. Yes. There's just a whole you know, different set of problems. Exactly. So d- don't think, oh, well, you know, if I'm that size, it's all going to go away because it couldn't be further from the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-mm. You always want what you can't have. Once you hit yep. those goals, just say that you lost all the weight and you're in that Victorian, that Victoria's Secret model size. You're going to have some other things that you're going to be like, man, I really wish this, or mm-hmm. maybe you have stretch marks, or maybe you have mm-hmm. sagging skin from losing so much weight or whatever. And then you're not going to be happy with that. And you're going to want that gone. Yep. It's always something. Always, always. So, I mean, at some point you just have to be accepting of this is how you are in my mind. As long as you are healthy, meaning you're making good food choices, you're getting out and moving. Um, do you have to eat like a, you know, like, a thousand calories a day. No, you better not be. Um, mm-hmm. but, but you know, just incorporating more fiber into your diet, eating healthy lean meats, you know, healthy fats, um, getting a good variety of food groups in your diet, even allowing yourself to have those special treats. Like if you want a donut from time to time or a cookie or a pizza, allowing yourself to have that, just not making it like a a regular thing, like, you know, having it for dinner every night, mm-hmm. you know? Um, all right. So we're running out of time. So let me move on really quickly for these last two. All right. Movement. Feel the difference. Forget militant exercise. Just get active and feel the difference. Shift your focus to how it feels to move your body rather than calorie burning effect of exercise. If you focus on how you feel from working out, such as energize, it can make the difference between rolling out of bed for a brisk morning walk or hitting the snooze alarm. Mm. And I agree with this one as well. I do think the focus should be on enjoying it and how it makes you feel versus let me burn off the food I just ate yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do think that you should get more, again, it depends on your goals, but I do feel like you should do more than just walking every day for the majority Mm -hmm. of the people. Like, I feel like you do need to incorporate um, strength training. I do feel like you should incorporate some kind of mobility um, or flexibility type work um, because walking is not going to hit all the points that you need to, as you get older, right. You know, to protect yourself or, you know, if your focus is on losing weight, which I know intuitive eating is not focusing on losing weight. Um, but for those people that are still working up to that point, you know, that still focus on that because it's been ingrained in their brain and they just haven't made it through that. Um, you do want to incorporate strength training to help you build muscle, to help speed up your metabolism, to help allow for the weight, the fat to come off. Mm-hmm. So um, I do, I do agree with this one a lot. I just feel like it, it's also important to focus on some of the other things as well. Sure. Um, and then the last one, honor your health, gentle nutrition, make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making you feel good, 
Remember that you don't have to eat perfectly to be healthy. You will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or become unhealthy from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It's what you eat consistently over time that matters. Progress, not perfection, is what counts. Amen to that. Yes. Yes. So you don't need to eat perfectly all the time. But you still, like, if you go on vacation and you have more than one meal that was not the healthiest or cleanest of food, that is okay. You're on vacation. Or it's right, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, if the holidays hit and you went to one party after the next and there was just all kinds of good food and you, you drank some and, you know, you really enjoyed yourself, that is okay. Just don't let that be your life for the next six months afterwards. Right. Part, part of living a healthy lifestyle is enjoying life. Yes. And that means enjoying good food with good friends and company and creating memories. And that's part of it. You, you can't be that rigid eating out of a Tupperware, you know, chicken, broccoli, rice person, 24 seven. That's not living your life. That's yeah. Like I say all the time, it's not living. It's just being. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't function like life is about balance. We have our good days and we have our bad days. Do they always coincide? No, like there's going to be, right. you might have good, good, good. And then bad, 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 good, bad, 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 good, 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 good. You know, I mean, it could vary. It's okay. Right. As long as you don't let that hold you back from moving forward. Right. So Agreed. Um, I mean, that's, those are the main principles of intuitive eating. Intuitive eating, I, I love the idea behind it. And I do see the need for it. I feel like the, the main problem, though, is a lot of people are not there. And because diet culture is still so strong, they're going to need a lot of convincing in order to get there. Like they're going to really need to see the value in this. And I don't see many people seeing the value in this at this point, because they're also focused on losing weight and not just feeling good. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the, the biggest problem comes. And so you almost have to entice people with the idea of losing weight. And then once they're, once they're on this path that kind of represents intuitive eating, then you can really transition it from, oh, well, it's not really about losing weight anymore. It's more about feeling good in your own skin and listening to mm-hmm. your body. So Agreed. That, that's, that's my whole feeling. <laughs> um, but do you have anything else that you want to add before we wrap things up? Um, no, I don't, I don't think anything additionally. Mm -mm. Yeah. I just, again, it's one of those, you have to figure out what works best for you. Mm -hmm. I think it, it will take people some dedicated work to get to that point, but ideally we would all be doing the intuitive eating route, Mm -hmm. if you will, you know, eating when we're hungry, stopping when we're satisfied and, eating well most of the time, enjoying life and having a good balance of the foods we, we need, the foods we enjoy and exercising. Yeah. I mean, that's a goal for me that I have for all of my clients is to get them there, but there's just that transition period. You know, I tell all of them, I said, I don't want you to be focusing on counting calories. And the only reason I have them track calories in the beginning is so I can see what they're doing. And so they can see what they're doing to give us an idea of where to go next. Right. Um, which I feel like it's just creating awareness mm-hmm. of like, okay, this is, this is what's going on. I'm not saying it's good, bad, ugly. I'm just saying this is what's going on. We need, this is mm-hmm. what we need to work with. Yep. So agreed. All right, my dear. Well, thank you so much for your feedback on that. That was fun. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for the information. I, I definitely, it's one of those things that's been on my radar and obviously I hear and read about it, but I hadn't dove into it. So it was interesting to hear the other principles surrounding that. So thank you. You're very welcome. Anytime. Anytime. All right. Well, All right, sister. Until, catch you later. Yeah, until next time. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Beyond Fitness with Mel and Bree. We'd love to have your feedback and have you subscribe to our podcast. To connect with us, feel free to look us up on Facebook at Beyond Fitness with Mel and Bree, or you can find Mel on Instagram at Mel Hammonds or Bree at Hope Faith Get Fit. Until next time. <laughs>